recorded live. I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being so Thank mm-hmm. you. 
very, very good. Jesus, you. Jesus, you are. Jesus, you are. So very, very good. You've been so very good. again in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, our strength and our Redeemer. We thank God for another day, another opportunity to lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting. We thank God for so many things that he has done on our behalf, so many things that we can see that he has done, as well as so many things that we cannot see. God says there's many more things that I have done for you all that you cannot see than the things that you can see. There's much more going on in the unseen realm than is going on in the seen realm. Everything that's in the seen realm has already taken place in the unseen realm, but everything that's in the unseen realm has not yet manifested in the seen realm. There are people, watch this, thank you, Holy Spirit, in the unseen realm, people that are in the unseen realm that have not yet been seen in the seen realm. In other words, there are children that uh, have not yet been born. God already knows them. He already knows their personalities. He already knows what jobs they're going to work on. He already knows who they're going to marry. There are descendants. Watch this now. There are descendants of yours under the sound of my voice, people that are going to come from your loins that you haven't seen yet, I haven't seen yet. But God has already seen them. Some of you all out there, teenagers, listening to my voice, there are grandchildren that, that you're going to have, great-grandchildren that you're going to have. You don't have any idea what they're going to be like and what they're going to God already knows them. God already knows my descendants, just as God knew the descendants of Abraham, the descendants of Abraham and Sarah, the descendants of Abraham and Hagar, and prophesied talked about the descendants of Ishmael, and we see it right today, some six, 7,000 years later, how did the descendants of Ishmael would be wild donkey. He'd be a wild donkey of a man. man. His hand would be against all his brothers, and all his brothers' hand would be against him. That, that war, that, that supernatural spiritual war that was prophesied and talked about thousands of years, thousands of years ago, we see it right today with, with many of the, the problems and troubles between Arabs and Jews right today. These people are descendants. These people are, come from the same man, but yet they have problems getting along, many of them, with one another. 
those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know we are working on our most recent topic entitled, You Don't Want to Go to Hell. Just keep that in mind now. Whatever you're doing, whatever you got going, whatever you're thinking about, just I hope that that remains in your spirit for the rest of your life, that you don't want to go to hell. Always keep in mind that there is a heaven and there's a hell, and that our behavior, our thoughts, our attitude, our uh, everything we do is, is uh, you know, helping take us in one direction or another. Capital A, hell, is a place of eternal torment, Matthew 5 and 30, Matthew 23, 33. Capital B, lifted up his eyes. Understand that you lift up your eyes at different points and you see different things. Luke 16, 23, Revelation 1, 18. Capital C, not prepared for. Understand out there under the sound of my voice, you're not prepared for hell. Doesn't mean that you won't go. Doesn't mean that, that, that people won't go. But we're not prepared for it. It's not a place that God even created or prepared for us. Matthew 25, 41, Matthew 22 and 2. Capital D, seek and save. Now, this is, this is what God wants to do for us, and this is what we need to be wanting him to do for us. Seek and save. Now, just look for us. Find us and save us. But we got to be looking for him that we might be found and saved. Luke 19, 10, Isaiah 56 and 6. Brings us on down to capital E. It's a very important part of not going to hell. Save yourself. Save yourself. Capital E. What? Save yourself. From the book of Ezekiel, chapter 3, verse 19. Ezekiel, chapter 3, verse 19. One of my favorite chapters in, in the Bible. Because it deals with God's prophet warning his generation. Now understand that if you have been saved by God, you have a responsibility, not just the pastor, not just the apostle, not just the, the, the bishop. You have a responsibility to warn your generation. See, you have a responsibility to warn your generation. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 19 from the New International Version. God says, but if you do warn the wicked man, and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his evil ways. He will die for his sins. But you will have saved who? Yourself. Understand out there, capital E, it's your responsibility to save yourself. There are the save yourself checklist, and there is the damn yourself checklist. We talked about checklists some few days ago. Checklist. You know, you get ready to go on a big trip. Normally, you know, I like to get a checklist. If I'm getting ready to travel for a missionary tour, I'll put me down a list of things because you can forget. You want to keep in mind certain things that you might want to bring, certain things you might, might need to do before you leave. Put all this stuff. I'll put it down on maybe my, my, my missionary checklist. Well, this is one of the things, if you're talking about salvation and you're talking about spending eternity with God, this is something that needs to be on your save yourself checklist. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you today for a cold, crisp day. You know what we have need of, Father, before we even ask you. We appreciate all that you've done. 
Thank you for finances. Thank you for provisions. Thank you for jobs, food, clothing, shelter, the needs that we have that you promised that if we would seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, that you would add all of these things unto us. We thank you, Father, for the ability to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. We thank you, Father, for your addition of our needs. We ask, Father, that you will give us this day our daily bread, not just physical bread for our mortal bodies, but give us spiritual bread, Father, for our our hearts and our minds, that we might not sin against you, that we might uh, be more obedient, more pleasing in your sight, and that more uh, souls will be added to your kingdom, that your name will gain more glory, more honor, more praise, that you, Father, who, who is above all and, and, and knows all and can do all that you choose to do, that you will be pleased, Father. We pray in Jesus' name, counting these things done in his precious name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. Capital E, save yourself. All right, all right. I thought we had some technical difficulties. Now, uh, Ezekiel lived in a generation much like you and I. He lived in a, a wicked and adulterous generation just like you and I, children of God. We, God has already, you said, Pastor, how are you going to say that? A lot of good things going on. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But then there's a lot of wickedness and a lot of uh, adulterousness going on, too, that Jesus himself has classified. He, he didn't, you know, with the good that's going on in our generation and the wickedness that's going on in our generation, Jesus said plainly, you know, that it's a wicked and adulterous generation. So, so somewhere this wickedness and adulterousness is taking precedence uh, um, as far as God is concerned over the good that's going on. In the days of Noah, yeah, there was some good going on because Noah was there. He was a righteous man. But the wickedness that was going on uh, took precedent. This is why God said, you know, I'm going to have to wipe man off the face of the earth. See, and the Bible says that so as it was in the days that so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. So as it was in the days of Noah and Lot, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. So things are a lot like they were. A lot. But God says they're a lot. You know, when God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, we got a lot of that kind of thing going on today, you know. Homosexuality was running wild. Make no mistake about it, those of you out there under the sound of my voice that's all into homosexual rights and different things. Homosexuality is a, the result of a very, very powerful demonic spirit. God says yes. Homosexuality didn't stop in, in Sodom and Gomorrah with just one or two men that were homosexuals. That demonic spirit, was of such a, that foul demonic spirit was of such a magnitude that it took over all the minds of the men in Sodom and Gomorrah. It wasn't one or two men that surrounded Lot's house that wanted the angels to be brought out so they could have sex. The Bible says all the men of the city, even Lot's supposedly sons-in-laws, were out there in the crowd. Now, you say, Apostle, what that got to do with today? You better understand that homosexuality don't just want, don't just want uh, rights. Homosexuality, that spirit, that demonic spirit, wants to take over this country. It wants to take over this nation. Mark my words. I leave this country oftentimes. I go out for a month or two and come back and, you know, everything. And, I, and, and, and every time I come back, I'm seeing more effeminate acting men. 
I'm seeing more and more and more and more effeminate acting men. God let you know plainly in the word of God that effeminate, effeminate men, uh, uh, homosexual offenders, male prostitutes, these kind of things will not be going into the kingdom of God. These kind of things will be sent to hell. God made you a man. If you're a man, be a man. God made you a woman. If you're a woman, be a woman. He didn't make a woman to be a man. He didn't make a man to be a woman. It's a, it's a, it's a perversion for a man to be acting like a woman. It's a perversion for a woman to be acting like a man. Be what God made you. Now, you say, Pastor, how are you going to come off like that? Say, I got to warn the wicked man. That's what, that's what God told Ezekiel and God telling me the same thing. Because, see, if I don't warn you, then I got to, I got to mess around and, and your, your blood, I'll be accountable for your blood. If you end up in hell out there under the sound of my voice, and I don't warn you, I just come up here uh, uh, every day from 9 a.m. at 9 a.m. and 6 p.m., and, uh, and I just be like this. And you out there end up dying in your sin. God is going to hold me accountable for your blood. God said you didn't warn him. But we flip that, we flip that over. Now I come up here 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. daily and warn you and keep right on warning you. You say, Pastor, why you keep right on warning us? Because I know hell is real. Even if you don't know, even if you don't believe it, I know. And I know a whole lot of folk is going there. And I know that God don't want anyone to go there. He don't want to have to send you there. So understand that the people that God send to be warning you against hell and the people that God be sending to warn you against sin, to warn you against selfishness, to warn you against the, this evil and adulterous generation, these are individuals that have a sight normally that you don't have. That's why they're warning you. If somebody has just rolled down the street and seen the bridges out, they almost went off the bridge. They almost rode off the cliff themselves, and they mess around and do a U-turn and come back. They see you flying down that way. If they have any compassion for you, they're going to do all they can. They're going to hit their horn. They're going to flash their light. They might even try to block the way with their vehicle to keep you from going because they know what's down there. Now, if you want to be crazy and keep right on going full speed down there, then ride off the bridge. Won't be my fault. That's what God tells Ezekiel. Now, if you want them, then God said, I'm not, and they die in their sin, God said, I'm not going to get you. But Robert Bryan, if you don't warn this generation, and you know what I have showed you, you know what I have revealed to you, you know what I've, I've shown you in my word and in my scripture, if you don't warn this generation and do all that you possibly can to turn them away from a sure hell, then God said, I'm going to get you. Now, I don't want to be got by God. I'm trying to save what? Myself. Won't you say it? Be a beautiful thing. But uh, it's even more beautiful to me to save myself. Because if you end up in hell, I ain't going to feel that. But if I end up in hell, I'm going to feel that. We about done. This message has preached itself this morning. Save yourself. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? You better do whatever you got to do to save yourself. You better do whatever God tells you to do 
to save yourself. If God say warn wicked folk and warn a wicked generation that, 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 that'll help save yourself, then you need to get to doing that. You better not be trying to, uh, well, you know, let the preachers warn the generation. Let the pastor, let the apostles warn. You better warn somebody. If you, God is talking to you, you need to hear that when you see you, God is talking to you. If you do warn the wicked man and he does not turn, well, I understand that some of y'all ain't going to turn, no matter what I say, no matter what I do. I understand a whole lot of y'all out there on the sound of my voice, you're going to be lost. No matter what I preach, no matter what I teach, no matter what God preach, no matter what God teach, that's just a sign of the times. That's just a reality of biblical prophecy and biblical scripture. God said, and with that said, you still better keep warning them. With that said, knowing full well, God tell us as Christians to love everybody. I know all y'all don't love me, but I love you. God said, what that got to do with it, how they, how they feel about you? God said, what did I tell you to do? And that's what you better focus yourself in on, what God has told you to do. Make no difference what your generation doing. Make no difference what your race is doing. Make no difference what your, your gender is doing. You better, focus, you better focus in on what God has told you to do, and that's it. Ezekiel, if you do warn the wicked man and he does not turn, God says it's going to be some folk that's not going to turn. Ezekiel, God is saying, Robert, it's going to be some folk that's not going to turn. God says, I know you're preaching, right? You're telling them what I told you to tell them? Yes, yes. You're teaching them what I told you to teach? God said, yes, yes. But God said, even with that, it's going to be some folk that are not going to turn. Some of you all out there on the sound of my voice, you're going to keep right on doing your thing. You're going to keep right on. God already got this. We're just we're looking in Scripture. God realizes that everybody's not going to turn. But God said, don't, let, don't try to use that as an excuse not to warn them. Everybody might not turn, but God said, try to make sure everybody is warned. God said, everybody's not going not to listen, but try to make sure everybody here. God said, everybody's not going to get saved, but try to make sure everybody at least get an opportunity for an altar call. God said, it's going to be some folk, there, a lot of folk, that's not going to turn. God said, your, 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 your job is not in the turning of them. God said, Robert, your job is in the warning of them. God said, if there's going to be any turning, I'm going to do the turning. That's between me and them. But, but, but God said, but between me and you, you better make sure that you warn them. Oh, we about done. You do warn the wicked man, and he does not turn. See, see my job is to warn you. Your job is to turn. Now, if I warn you and you turn, all well and good. We are both we we both we 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 are both doing our job. If I warn you about out there about being selfish and not contributing like you're supposed to to the work of God, wherever God has connected you, and and you take that warning and you become a liberal giver, then we have both done our job. If I warn you out there about the dangers of uh, of sin. And you take that warning and you, you start leaving sin alone, stop doing it, then we have both done our job. All well and good. We have fellowship. 
be a beautiful thing. God will be pleased. We will be pleased. Good things will be coming up. But if, because see, what you got here, what God is showing me now in this as I'm looking at this, God said we got three factors involved here. God said you got me. God said you got my, my prophet. And God said you got the people. You always got three factors involved. God is giving a warning to his prophet. If the prophet take that warning, then he will warn the people. If the people take that warning, then they will be saved. You got three factors here, God, your prophet, and the people. Now, God is warning the prophet. If the prophet don't take this warning, God said, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to get you. Then the people don't end up getting warned. God said, I'm going to get the people too. If you do warn the wicked man and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his evil way, he will die. Now we're talking about you don't want to go to hell, but if you won't turn from your wicked ways, then that's what exactly do you think is going to happen? God is calling for each one of us to turn from our wicked ways because all of us have wicked ways. There's some things we do that's wicked. God said no other way to describe it, Robert. It's called wicked. And if you don't turn from your wicked ways, warning or no warning, God said you're going to end up dying in your sin. But God lets us know that if we warn the wicked man and he doesn't turn, he'll die for his sins, but you will have saved yourself as a prophet See, you got to understand. Some of y'all got to understand. I'm a prophet. I'm a prophet. A monk, apostle, pastor, all that kind of stuff. But I'm a prophet. And I understand that part of my saving of my soul, part of what will help keep me out of hell, is warning you characters. Mm-hmm. See? That's part of my checklist. In order for me not to be sent to hell, not for in order for me, not to die in my sins, in order for me not to be held accountable. I got to warn y'all. I got to. Or God goes, God says, I'm going to get you. You know, it reminds me of my principal at, at, at the high school, my, my supervisor where I used to, used to work. You know, he was the principal of the school, but he had to take instructions from superintendent. He had to take instructions from a uh, uh, board of education. You know, he couldn't just do anything he wanted. He could do a lot of things he wanted at the school because he was the, 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 the head man there. But, you know, there were individuals that were over him. So a lot of times there would be stuff I'd be might would come up with and different things, and he'd tell me, you know, you know, so he'd bring me in his office. He'd be like, look, Coach Brian, he said, man, I would love for you to be able to do that right there. He said, but, uh, you know, I got word from downtown, or I got word from the board, or I got word from the superintendent that we can't let you pull that one off. I'd be like, all right, I get you. We're all working for somebody. Mm-hmm. You need to put that one down. Keep that in mind. we all what? Working for somebody. You out there under the sound of my voice. You're working for somebody. And I'm not talking about uh, McDonald's. I'm not talking about uh, working at the convenience store. You're working for somebody in the supernatural realm. You're either working for God or you're working for Satan. Not only are we working for somebody in the natural you, every one of you all, every one of us under the sound of my voice is working with somebody in the spiritual, in the supernatural. 
and the deeds of your supervisor, the deeds of your uh, father, the deeds of your overseer, you will do. You will do. You ever wonder who you're working, working for? Look at, look at what you're doing. Look at the stuff you're doing. Look how you do. Because your, your actions will determine and, and, and manifest and reveal who you're working for. Those that work for God, they, they, there's going to be a fruit of righteousness. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. Righteousness is a, is a, is a, is a fruit of, of God, not perfection. Perfection is the final, is the final, uh, the finality. But righteousness, which is leading us to perfection, I understand that that the righteousness and perfection are two different things. But we're trusting that one day our righteousness will be absorbed in perfection. One day our righteousness, as we because what righteousness does is it moves you closer and closer to perfection. So as you keep right on trying to do right, trying to do right, trying to do right, eventually God will reward you with perfection. Well, so it is with wickedness. Wickedness is moving you closer and closer to perdition or closer and closer to to damnation. So you keep right on moving on that road to wickedness, and and God is going to punish you with damnation. This thing is too simple. It's too simple. It's so simple, I'm about to close this message. Righteousness is moving you closer to perfection. That's your reward for, for living righteously. Perdition is your punishment for living wickedness, or, or, or damnation is your punishment for living wickedness. For li- wickedness is taking you closer and closer to hell. Righteousness is cl- taking you closer and closer to heaven. The, uh, wickedness is taking you closer and closer to the devil, to being with the devil and his angels. Righteousness is taking you closer and closer to being with God and his angels. We're about done, church. Save yourself. Save yourself. Lord says again, when a righteous man, uh, Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 20, again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and does evil, and I put a stumbling block before him, he will die since you did not warn him. He will die for his sins. The righteous things he did will not be remembered, and I will hold you accountable for his blood. So look at this here. I got a two, I got a, prophets, those of us, we got a two-prong instruction. We got, to re- we got to remind wicked jokers, or we got to warn wicked jokers, come out your wickedness and get saved, get into righteousness. And we got to keep warning you righteous characters, because I know a lot of you all out there are righteous. A lot of you all out there are saved. A lot of you all out there are sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit. Good. We praise God for you. We thank God for you. That's a wonderful thing. My warning to you is stay on track. For you jokers out there that's off track, the warning is get on track. For you out there that's on track, the warning is stay on track. There it is. There it is. You know, part of our mission and vision for the Christian Center is to help the unsaved get saved and help the saved grow. That's part of our vision, our mission for the Christian Center Church. Unsaved, get saved. Saved, grow. Grow. Stay on track. Keep moving in the direction you're moving. Keep on. Keep. Don't get weak and weary and well-doing, for you will reap in due season. All that means is that God said, look, I got some very good things for you for doing, for doing the right thing. Oh, man, children of God. And God said, I got some very, very terrible things for you if you keep right on doing the wrong thing. God says, you will reap in due season. 
you will reap. And do that mean that God said, look, you got to keep right on doing the right thing. And when the, and when the season is just right, God said, I'm, I'm going to do something real, real extra special for you. Do, uh, parents normally don't have any problems being trying to be a blessing to obedient children. Same with God. God said, I got no problems being a blessing to my children that's obedient. God said, I'm going to do something extra special for you. God said, I'm, God said, I'm going to do something extra special for you because God said, you're obedient. But hard-head joker, in the natural, parent ain't, any parent with any sense ain't trying to do no whole lot for no hard-head joker. Hard-head jokers be taking all out of wills. Hard-head jokers be don't, left, don't be left insurance policies. Hard-head jokers be have to be told you can't get, don't, don't, hard-head joker. My prayer for you on the sound of my voice, don't be a hard-head joker. In the natural, don't be a hard-head joker in the spiritual. Save yourself, man. Save yourself. That's it. Talking about somebody do this for me, somebody do that for me. Save yourself. Save yourself. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, thank you today for everything you've shared with us, Father. Thank you for you. You have told us that all Scripture is God-breathed and profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Pray, Father, that your people have been equipped today for every good work in the kingdom, every good work on their job, every good work in their marriage, in their families, in their business, every good work, Father. We thank you for equipping us. Pray, Heavenly Father, that we will uh, use the equipment that you have given us properly that we may uh, receive the results that you desire. We love you today, Father, and we bless your name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. God bless you, saints. Again, there are no donations on there. We've got programs in South Africa coming up very, very soon. We pray that you can be a blessing to us on that missionary trip. Amen.